Hi folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoiseshack podcast. You know what I'm about to say, but please don't skip forward. Please listen to me. The Tortoiseshack is a completely independent media platform with no ads, no sponsors, nor do we want them. We do not want to have to pull punches. We do not want commercial interests who we would feel in our gut won't be too impressed with some of the tone of our conversations that we have. And we want to be able to go places like we did this week with Spice Bag and Pattern Up to Two artists behind the crack zone posters and the conversations that that sparked we want to be activists and we want to keep pushing forward and the only way we can do that is if you put your hands in your pocket and you throw us the price of a fancy cup of coffee and maybe a scone once a month on patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack the link is at the top of the podcast you're listening to right now it's the easiest bit of activism you can do think of it as your way of of creating that little bit of space so we can have those mics on and the conversations like the one you're about to listen to keep happening. I know you're probably sick of hearing me say it, but without you, it doesn't happen. We need you to pay it forward and keep this free for everyone. So one last time, click the link. It's patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. Thanks for listening, sharing, liking, recommending us to your friends. I'm shutting up now. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber Podcast. My name is Tony Groves and back sooner than advertised and we even managed to get Martin out of bed before 1pm. Martin, how are you keeping? Is it before 1pm, Tony? It's still dark here in Ashburn. Yeah, that's just that's just your outlook on, on the world <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Listen, it is, it, is, uh, it is great to be rejoined on the podcast for the first time since 2019 by award-winning documentary makers, respected journalists Barry McCaffrey and Trevor Burney. Trevor, um, I want to come to you very first. Do you remember the time that the two Egypts and an iPad made their way up to Belfast to talk to you guys about journalism? I do indeed. I remember you came to our office and spent a morning with us there. And, uh, um, but yeah, the, I think that what I remember is you reaching out to remember, first of all, that why would you be interested in what we were doing and what had happened to us? So, uh, we thank you for being interested for having us back on. Not at all. It was, it was a fascinating story and it was something that actually, I want to we'll remind listeners in a minute, but I will say one thing that was clear at the time. It sparked a little bit more interest after we did that in the South, particularly where you got yeah. asked many more questions from uh, bigger outlets, shall we say, than the Tortoise Shack. And 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 Barry, it was oh, like this. I think it's a t- this is episode 1075 there, thereabouts. That was all the way back episode 126, which is still on the su- on the site at the moment. But it was in relation to the documentary that you guys had made, No Stone Unturned. Um, and how, and that was in relation to the Lock and Island massacre of 1994 and how no one had ever been held accountable for it. Can you pick up the story then what actually happened to you guys for the benefit of listeners who haven't been with yeah. us since 2019? Yes, yes. Thanks, Tony. Well, so at the end, uh, it, 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 Trevor and, and made the documentary and, uh, that was, it was premiered in New York at New York Film Festival 2000. Or, uh, yeah, 2017, uh, it was nominated for an Emmy. We were long listed for an Oscar, all, all these things. Uh, and then the police, uh, the PSNI in the North, uh, announced that they were going to hold an inquiry, uh, or an investigation into, uh, the, the, the source, the sources behind, uh, the film, uh, about, you know, who, they, it, they were trying to uncover the, the, the whistleblower who revealed how police had, you know, protected killers and, and, and everything else. Uh, we found ourselves on August the 31st, 2018. Uh, we were arrested at 7 a.m. by the, the, by the PSNI. 
uh, you know, brought to serious crime suite. Very, very quickly. You said you yeah. just arrested. It wasn't like you were arrested, but you know, show up and come in and 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 no, sit down. Oh, no, this no, was no, Trevor. They came. They came in through your door. They yeah. did. Yeah, it was my wife. Kind of, uh, I heard some sort of commotion outside the house shortly before seven a.m. And uh, she kind of went over to the window and then and and began to narrate what she saw with all these police cars and these police officers uh, armed and in boilers, blue boiler suits and. Uh, coming through the door. So like, you know, anti-terrorism police unit coming through the, the, the front door and she ran down and then there was lots of kids in the house and everything else. And yeah, I thought they were, initially they were there just to search the house. That's what I heard. And then a guy took me into another room. It, was, it turned out to be a detective and he said, uh, we're actually arresting you now. And uh, so, yeah. And then we were hauled off into this, the, uh, uh, terrorist suite at, at a police station in the centre of Belfast and that's when I saw Barry's boots sitting outside the cell that I was being held in and I kind wow. of knew who my co-accused was um, so yeah we spent the day being questioned and then were released without charge that evening uh, but we managed to get a judicial review of the warrants that were issued to uh, arrest us and, and search our homes and offices. And ultimately, that judicial review, you know, sort of, I think, but, but, six or seven just, months later. But but it's six or seven, you were under you were under pre-trial arrest for bloody yes, months. Yes, we were on we we yeah. police bail. We were in police bail, so we couldn't, uh, we weren't allowed to cross the border. We had to give them three days notice if we wanted to go anywhere. Uh, One of you had tickets to a concert, I recall, in Dublin you couldn't go to, you know? Yes, yeah. You had no. to ask for you had to ask for permission, you know. Yeah. But uh, it is a frightening experience to have them come in through your door like that. I mean, oh, I, mean I know I know with hindsight it's easy to you know, it's easy to look back a little bit of a, a wry smile, but you know, in, in that moment it's not funny. For, yeah, well for me, I the the, the knock the door, I, I was at the top of the stairs and I looked down and there's you know, there's a figure in a boiler shit. And at that stage, you don't know whether it's the UVF or whether it's the cops. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, true. And I have to decide, right, well, what do I do? Do so I just hide underneath the bed or do I go down and answer the door? You know, so I said, you know, decided, right, fuck it. I'll have to go down and answer the door. And I was sort of, you know, uh, bizarrely or perversely, you know, I was a bit relieved when it was just a cop, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. The good, the good uh, news is we're only here to arrest you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah because it, it, it was later on in the day we found out when we were being questioned that the that the police had gone to the killer, uh, the, the people or the, the the guy who killed everybody in Lockin Island as the main witness against us. You know, so that relationship between uh, the police and and the killers, we, uh, it, 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 it got even more perverse as the day went on when you find out that, uh, you know, it, it, one of the, one of the detectives says to us, uh, are you not ashamed of the, the pain and the hurt that you've caused Ronnie Hawthorne? You know, who was their main suspect, uh, in, in the massacre? And you think, Sorry, you're asking me to feel, you know, uh, uh, I've caused this man grief. You know, he's, he's killed six people. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so it, it, it got very perverse or more bizarre as the day went on. And 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 then let's let's go through. OK, we're going to for the benefit of listeners, we're going to say you won in the end. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's fair to say you got a, a substantial payment yeah. from the, the, the from yes, the. It was, 
825,000 collectively. Yeah. Yeah, and that's sterling, so that must be that must be worth nearly four bowls of coddle nowadays. But anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But get you a couple of pints of Grafton Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wouldn't get you a night more. out. It wouldn't get you. It wouldn't get you a, a musical in, in in the board. Gosh, energy with RT. Yeah, yeah, you know, when Andy, you pick us a Taylor Swift. No, no. <laughs> um, but 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 when you were vindicated and you were vindicated and you know people, you you. So was it was it a relief at that point? And did you think it was over? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, no, we, we definitely believed it was. Uh, it, it was over because the Lord Chief Justice, the, the, the most senior lawman, uh, in, in the North, you know, his, in, in, in the three judges, uh, t- t- summary or their, uh, when they cleared us, uh, they were very, uh, clear about who was guilty and who had made the mistakes and it and it and that we were justified in protecting uh sources and defending the free press, the defending the right for the press to ask uh public interest questions. Uh and we did we thought we thought that that was it uh mm-hmm. finished and we had to go on uh to fight the police because they had they were holding on to all our data uh and all the uh Data that they had uh, harvested from the computers when when they had raided the offices, uh, and when we asked when we when we were vindicated and and we won the case, we said right, well, we want you know everything deleted because you you, you obtained it unlawfully, and the PSNI said, oh sorry, we don't know how to delete it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 are just going to hold on to it for ten years. Ten years, Trevor. Yes. That, did, did, Trevor, I, I know this is a silly question, but I know they took your daughter's phone. Mm. Right, like when when you say they held on to this stuff, did, did they return the the the, the actual physical things or, and just and just retain all the data? Like I mean, this, yeah, that's this, what the, yeah, that's what, exactly. We were able to go myself and Barry were able to go to uh, Castlereagh Police Station and pick up all the computers and laptops and my daughter's phones and her homework that was on a USB yeah. drive and all of that. We were able to get all the physical, but they'd taken all the data off. Off that, uh, off those, uh, off those phones and off the, off the, off the memory sticks. And, uh, it was, as Barry said, then they come forward to us and said, sorry, we've backed that up onto Microfish now back at our secret. Yeah. Or they hold us stuff. Layer. We can't, yeah, exactly. We can't, we can't delete it. Uh, but it'll, it'll, it'll delete itself in 10 years time. But, uh, so anyway, we, we had to go back into court and argue that they shouldn't be allowed to do this, given, as Barry said, that they'd obtained it unlawfully. So eventually we reached a compromise where uh, the data can be stored, uh, but it cannot be accessed, and independent uh, assessors can go in and ensure that they uh, haven't touched it. Um, so, um, yeah, listen, it's almost like, you know, they, they threw up hurdle after hurdle, uh, to try to go out of their way to uh, undermine the integrity of the information we had, and it gets and, you worse. Know, for sources that had worked with us, you know that was very important. There was data and numbers, and you know you can imagine uh, phone conversations and and recordings that you know our sources and the people who put trust in us um, mm-hmm. didn't want to be sitting in the hands of the PSNI. So we were able to have to go out and assure people to say we've done our best. And we've managed to be able to protect it. But, you know, it was, there is nothing, you know, it wasn't just about the day of our arrest. You know, that went on day after day and continues right to this day. What happened, the events back then 
have a recurring impact on our lives that is about spending time with lawyers and talking about the case and, and all of that. And there has been lots of positive positive uh outcomes as a result of it. You know, there is a real attention on the on the uh PS and I and what it does and how it treats journalists. And journalists are very aware that the police could come through their door every day now. And and although that has a had a chilling effect, we believe, on on journalists investigating the past in the north. But uh, they they don't have to yeah. They don't have to come through your tro- door, Trevor. No, exactly. This is what you guys well, have just to say, you know. The, yeah. So, fill me and, in. Why, yeah, how are they still at you? As you say, Martin, they, you know, there, there's a tried and tested uh, way. If police want uh, a journalistic material, they, they go to court and uh, apply for a, a production order. And that means they go into court and they argue in front of a judge, but we are there as well, you know, uh, and we argue against them and the judge decides. But what they did in 2018 with the Lock and Island, the No Stone Unturned uh, arrests, and what we now find out what they've done, uh, they had done five years previously, is they they totally ignore the law and they 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 use these surreptitious or uh you know means that nobody has ever heard of to not to go through the right process uh and to get what they want you know it is really big brother watching it is you know the uh the, the stasi in, in east germany so, so tell me about the phones guys what's going on with the phone well we, what they do what we've now learned is that uh Barry had had a number of meetings uh, with a group that was interested in our case. And one of the groups that advised Barry that uh, we should lodge a complaint with this kind of secret court in London called the Investigatory Powers Tribunal or the IPT. And the IPT basically holds the spokes to account, uh, be that GCHQ or MI5, MI6, and also the intelligence services, surveillance elements of police forces throughout the UK and in in the north. So uh, we put the complaint in, and to be perfectly honest, we moved on with the lies and forgot all about it because we were told at the time, listen, you may never hear a thing from this court. They will never tell you anything. And, uh, you know, so forget about it. And we did forget about it until the day before Paddy's Day this year. Our solicitors got a letter to say, uh, oh, remember that complaint you made back in 2019? Uh, we found something out that we now want to force the PSNI to tell you what they did. So, of course, Barry and I jumped to the conclusion and said, well, bloody hell, this is clearly about Locking Island again. This is clearly something to do with 2018. And it took a little bit of time. I can't remember how long. Well, well, you, you put in requests according to the timeline I've read and pretty much got told, look, uh, stonewalled initially. And then there was an element of, look, we're a senior press officer. So, so look, we can confirm well, some. Well, 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 that's that's that, that what happened was in, on, on, on 16th of March this year, we got this letter from the IPT saying, dear Mr. McCaffrey, I'm Mr. Bernie. Thank you very much for your complaint to 2019. We now have found something out, and it's about 2013. And Barry and I went, oh, yes, we were working together at that time on Lock and Island, so it must be still something to do with Lock and Island. But when we we, we we later found out the actual dates of what this incident, let's call it incident, was, it was in the middle of September 2013. 
And Barry then very quickly went back to his stories that he had written for the detail back in September 2013 and found the story that the incident was in relation to. Uh, and Barry, what was the, what was the story yes, about? So, it, right, guys, so at, at that time, around 2012, 2013, uh, there, was, uh, there was a big scandal about the PSNI, uh, former RUC officers were uh, retiring, getting huge payouts, huge retirement packages, uh, and then were almost instantly being rehired as civilian investigators uh, back into the PSNI. Uh, and there was lots of questions uh, surrounding this about the the amount of the tens of millions that was being spent on this, and also, uh, you know, whether this was the right thing to do, you know, because there was the whole issue of restoring confidence in policing and uh, and issues like that, uh, and the independence of the PSNI. Uh, so around that time, I, I wrote a series of articles. Uh, and then was made aware that uh, the uh, PSNI had received a complaint or an allegation that one of its uh, senior employees had received uh, illegal payments payment from a uh, from a, a from a company. So we, we say a company that was involved in uh, this whole retire rehire uh, issue, uh, and so I was asked. Uh, by a source, uh, uh, you know, can you ask the police what, what's happening with the case? So, like every other journalist, every other day of the week, I contacted the police press office, just like people would contact the Garda press office, and, you know, just made the request, can you confirm uh, the ongoing, is there an ongoing investigation into this allegation of corruption within the PSNI? Uh, and you know, it actually what happened at the time was the senior official from the press office contacted me and said, "Listen, we we have this uh, internal you know surveillance operation going on. Can you give us three days until it's finished, uh, and then you know you can write your story or whatever." Or whatever. Three days later. You know, I tried to contact the, the the press office official, and her phone was off, and she wasn't at work. So, you know, I, I I made contact with the press office and said, "Sorry, you know, we were assured that we we were asked to uh to to hold the story off for three days. Uh, you know, there's a serious public interest uh case in this, uh, and we we went ahead and published uh the story and." To be honest, never thought anything more about it because it didn't develop. We we didn't find another lead. Uh, now, as Trevor says, what we now find out or found out on March the sixteenth of this year was that the the day after uh, the publication of the story, the PSNI uh, used a, a, an internal process to go after uh, my phone records, the details phone records. Uh, to try and uh, identify the source of the story, uh, so they uh, they trawled through outgoing phone records, incoming phone records, uh, and we, you know, as I say, what what they what they could have done, which which what was the tried and tested practice was, please go to, for a production order to court, and and it's open and it's transparent, and a judge decides. But what we now know in this case was uh 
that they didn't do that, that they, uh, for some reason, whatever the PSNI have to hide, uh, they, they did this surreptitiously, uh, and they, you know, they, they broke or they drove a coach and horses through that professional relationship between journalists and the PSNI. So now we, we don't, we believe that we're, we were, we are just the tip of the iceberg. We believe that because of the, the PSNI, were so quick and so confident to use this route. Uh, we don't believe it's the first time. Yeah, it wasn't a one. It was it wasn't no. a one off. Or like I no, mean, no. It's, it, it'd be naive to think that this they did it once and got caught. You know, yeah, like believe, yes. The the only reason every when you speak to any journalist or they all everybody says, oh yeah, but sure, we all knew, you know, our uh, you know our phones were being listened to and everything else, and this is the first time that we know of in the North where actually we've got it confirmed where they, you know, everybody suspects, but nobody was ever able to prove there, there was never the, the, the so there was, you can put your finger on it. You can say, yes, this is where, you know, this, yes, does it, it make you suspicious about Lachlan Island? I mean, if they, if they were able to tap you so easily, yes. Then why all the rigmarole around Lachlan Island? Why, why not yeah. just tap your well, phones? Of course. Well, what what the IPT told us, Tony, uh, um, uh, Martin. Sorry that, that that what they told us was that um, they haven't even got to Lockett Island yet. They're still dealing with this incident back in 2013, and it's quite clear that the IPT feels that what the PSNI did was unlawful when they just went and got Barry. Like you know, Barry being told that there's a surveillance operation against the suspect, but in fact. What the PSNI did was turn Barry into the suspect mm. and put a surveillance operation on him. Like, that is the true shocking nature of it. You go as a professional journalist to the press office at the PSNI with an absolutely legitimate query. Yeah. And what the PSNI does is rather than go, Barry McCaffrey's come up with a legitimate query about an investigation, we better give him a response. They say, no, let's turn Barry into the suspect and let's find out who told Barry. Mm. Like it's real. Language. Yeah, no, it, it's it's oh. it, first of all, it's really dangerous for for journalism. Let's be very yes, clear on this. Um, and and it, I, I I don't know if you um, we had we did a, a great podcast. I'm gonna say it was a great podcast with Tom Fowler from <laughs> who was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, but but Tom works on the spy cops investigations yeah. Yeah. and yeah. how they how they operated. And you know we know that police from the UK operated in the Republic of Ireland and, and you know, way outside their jurisdiction. Yes. And our government routinely sign off to say, no, we don't need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, it, it gets... It, it was GSOC, as you say, 2014, the spying on the, the Ombudsman's office in in the oh. South, you had Geraldine Kennedy, uh, yep. you know, Bruce Arnold, you had the, the guard of phone tappings, you well, I, I'm thinking you're in the, you, you know, there's three names now. There's there's uh, Barry, there's Trevor, and there's Vincent, because uh, uh, Vincent Brown was one of the people yes, who yes, was, yeah, yeah. you know. Right, I, that's I, right, yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, I do think I do think journalists uh, have got to be very cognizant of this now, that, you know, the ease with which, like, basically, you know, the warrant that was, given the internal warrant that was raised to, 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 to get Barry's data, to spy on Barry's data, um, was done with such ease. Like, it is shocking. Like, it, is, it, has to, it was run-of-the-mill. This wasn't anything new. Yeah, he's made an inquiry. Let's just get his data. 
And I think that 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 now I think has to ring alarm bells for journalists to lengthen bread for I, the I, I, I just want to remind people in in uh, listening now that uh, Helen McEntee recently signed off our Justice Minister and another 12-month uh, period of that, that the telecommunications service providers are, must retain information, user traffic, location, data, all of that for 12 months, despite knowing, even in the most controversial of situations like the Graham Dwyer case, that we can't do it. Yeah. And, and we and we now see it being done again. So if that's yeah. on the general public and then you talk about journalism, which is what we're talking about here, folks, we're really talking about the, the idea to, that you can end up a target for doing the work that you just, you, you know, doing the work that yes, needs yeah. to be done. Yeah, we're very privileged. Uh, you know, Trevor and myself are very privileged that we, we, we are able to find this out because we have great legal team, uh, you know, with NGOs like Amnesty yep. International and CAJ. And, you know, they, we have the expert. We're lucky that we, we have access to the expertise that we can chase uh, and, you know, fight the whole way through the court. And, but journalists are, journalists, journalists are entrusted by society to hold, you know, government agencies to account. You know, to, to ask the questions and, uh, and, you know, to ask for, you know, public interest issues. We are the voice of, of society. Now, when, when the police service, who are supposed to be, be there, be a service to the public, they're supposed to protect people. When they, when it turns out, you know, that they're targeting, you know, they, they have the confidence to target us, which, which leads you to the thing is what are they doing to, you know, the, the, the ordinary man in the street. Well, do, do you think now as a journalist, if you were a journalist in Northern Ireland and didn't have the likes of Amnesty International and yeah. uh, big legal teams who, who will look, watch your arse for you, and that's the truth, and they do, and they, they make yeah. sure you're okay. Do you think they should all go to the spook spook now and say, did you record anything about me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine there will be... You know, there's lots of journalists in, in Northern Ireland today that I can think of who've done extraordinary work over the last 10 or 15 years in holding the PSNI and and uh, the government to account on lots of issues right across the spectrum from legacy issues through to... Uh, court. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, you know, and I imagine they all are now thinking, right, we better go to the IPT and and just to see what was going on, because I do believe that what we have seen that we can't talk about now, because it still hasn't been disclosed to the court, is that um, it was systematic. This was something that was can systematic. I, so, so, Trevor, can I can I ask on that on that case? Because we we always have to, and I, I hate to bring it down to politics, but the truth is, you know, there, there's always a suspicion that some of the people in, in the cases you were looking at from it was things that happened to the nationalist community. Undoubtedly, there's there's elements of things that have happened to the loyalist and 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 uh, unionist community as well, and journalists on on that side. Of, I, I, it must be the case. Yeah, no, I I think that this isn't this isn't a, this isn't a, green or orange. No, oh, no, no, I don't think it's green or orange. No, no, not at all. I think that there was. Well, a, we have sorry, we have the support of all the political parties. Yeah. The DUP has come out and supported us. Alliance, you know, Sinn Fein, SDLP, the Ulster Unionists. It's it's the first time that they've really been united uh, on, on on a single issue. Every yeah. party has come out and said what happened, what has happened to us now is completely wrong. And they yeah, are right, and of I course. I think that I think that you know the PSNI are you know completely colorblind. I think that there has been a sort of callous disregard for rights right across the spectrum, and whether it's journalist or civilian, uh, 
Protestant, Catholic, Nationalist, Unionist, Loyalist. I think that, you know, there was, if they did it to us, chances are they were doing to everyone else in society that they, for some reason, fell into their purview. Can I ask a question? That's a bit of a strange one. Um, Knowing what you know, going through what you've gone through, what's the difference between the PSNI and the RUC? What's the difference? Well, go ahead, Barry. No, I, I thought I, I was. I was sorry. I was thinking you were going to ask about what was the difference between the PSNI and the Garda. You know, mm. with Drew Harris now. Well, uh, you, you do know in the me in the last twenty four the hours, there's been there, there's been a, there's, there has been a is there they're going to uh, the the there's been a motion to have a motion of no confidence in Drew Harris. Yes, yeah. in the but last twenty four yeah. hours, which is which but, is but, interesting. Uh, but no, yeah, but let's. Yeah. Has yeah. the culture I, changed? I mean, I is the important. culture the same? Yeah, well, I think I think it's got worse. Uh, I see. Well, I think what we can see is the confidence. Uh, uh, in policing, I think a- across you know both communities, but certainly within the nationalist community, the confidence in policing through after things like Black Lives Matters and uh, different you know things that the, the PSNI blunders, it, blunders might be uh, a soft word for it. Yeah, that uh, fuck ups that that they've made. Uh, you know they they it. It's, talking to some PSNI, Catholic PSNI officers, uh, they feel that some of them certainly feel that there, there, there is a dark arts going on within the PSNI to, to, to drive them out or, uh, you know, to, to, to sideline them. You know, it, obviously dissidents, you know, have targeted Catholic police officers and, and everything else and, you know, left it, killed them and, uh, left them seriously injured. Uh, but has the, you know, at, at the, the, when the PSNI was, was supposedly reformed in 2001, there was, uh, you know, the nationalists, there was a confidence there or there was a willingness to say, right, we can have a new police service. Is that confidence still there? I, I'm not so sure it is. I, I also think, uh, I think a question, Martin, uh, also, I think that, um, the difference between the REC and the PSNI, we were told, is about accountability. You know, the accountability, yes. we've got a policing board, we've got a policing ombudsman, all there to hold the PSNI to account, and uh, which weren't those those mechanisms and structures weren't there with the RUC. So the difference is maybe that we are able to peek behind the curtain with the PSNI in a way that we were never able to in the RUC. And I also think that the RUC, like, let's face it, was part of the conflict. It was you know, it wasn't, uh, uh, you know, a neutral force, uh, playing a neutral peacekeeping role. It was, uh, it was, uh, an active, playing an active role in the conflict, the RUC. Uh, whereas the PSNI was a promise of a new beginning. The conflict was behind us as a new policing beginning and everything else. But if you go back to what the core of the story is about, this is about retire and rehire. And an organization got paid a hundred million quid to bring back almost a 1,000 RUC officers and put them into civilian roles in the PSNI. Now, then take the, the spying on Barry and wonder, did the PSNI come up with that idea themselves or did they inherit it from the RUC and did they what other bad habits are now become institutionalised inside this new force, the PSNI, and which may help explain, as Barry talks about, blunders or fuck-ups, Maybe it's going to be explained because actually the spooks, the deep state, 
have refused to let policing grow in a way that could gain confidence across the communities. It's kept it as a, as a, as an, uh, uh, you know, as, as, um, a puppet of the state. You know, it's doing things that the state wants to do. And if you're a Lock and Island family member sitting listening to this, they see no difference between the PSNI and the REC because if they ask questions about their loved ones, they still get the blank stare that they would have got from an REC officer. They still get told, you know, uh, nothing about what was going on. And that's true for victims right across the spectrum. So they don't see any difference. And that, again, is leading to that serious crisis of confidence in the PSNI. So when you ask the questions, what is the difference? I think more and more people are asking that very question, Martin. What is the real difference here? What have the PSNI done in terms of reforming policing? Well, uh, I, 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 I put it here that what they've done is actually stopped the truth and reconciliation prom, uh, promise that was there. You know, the idea of cer- certain aspects that needed to be implemented from 25 years on from the Good Friday yeah. Agreement. They, listen, they, they've effectively put a block on those. Listen, George Hamilton and before him, people like Drew Harris, who was the PSNI's liaison with the Ombudsman when we were making the documentary, he was centrally involved in the 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 keeping of the secrets at the PSNI that that was due he, to he he signed off on many of them and made them into this official secrets act yes. I, <laughs> I I I, I, can, I I know a friend of mine who lost family uh, sorry friends and family knows that Drew Harris signed off on on knowing who 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 killed his his loved ones he was in a very serious senior role at the PSNI you know believed to being the MFI liaison when he went down and gave evidence at the inquiry into Brennan Buchanan at the Smithwick tribunal you know um you've seen the sort of the stories that have come out of that so yeah i mean ultimately you got to go back to whenever george hamilton who was the chief constable realized that no stone unturned was a documentary that was out there that revealed the chief suspects names and pointed very clearly with evidence that Barry had got who was absolutely responsible for murder of six innocent men. George Hamilton sought, sat in his office and went, right, do I open up a new investigation into Lockin Island? Yes, I will. Yeah, that was a very decisive action. I'm going to open up a new investigation into Lockin Island. But no, 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 I'm not going to go after the people who killed those people. I'm going to go after the two journalists who got a document that proved who actually colluded with who in order to cover up those uh, uh, murders. And like, you've got to ask yourself, what in the name of God was going on in the PSNI headquarters on that day when they said, let's devote all these millions of pounds of resources to finding out the source rather than going after the killers? Like, how perverted can you get? Can I ask, okay, so you're in this position, you know you're going to get more stuff, you know something else is going to come through, you're pretty sure the spook spooks are going to send you some more stuff. Does because the two of you have moved on quite a lot from where you were from from Lachlan Island. Does this drag you back? Does this make you feel that you are constantly trapped in this loop, or do you just get on with your other projects that you're doing now? And this is kind of background noise. You'll deal with it when it comes to the time to deal with it. Which one, what way do you deal with? Well, it? I think there's a bit of both, Martin. I think the thing is that this never goes away. You know, it did. There was a lull for uh, some time there, but now since March, uh, we've obviously spent a huge amount of time. So, yes, we do try to get home with our lives and we've got very normal lives, believe it or not, and <coughs> with wives and family and friends and nights out and Barry and his dog and my dogs and everything. We, we, we get on with our lives and the projects and the other. Absolutely, we do have to get on. But, you know, 
you've got to realize that when you get it, you're on the front page of a newspaper in connection to spying and all this, you do understand that that has an impact. So some people look at you a little bit warily. There isn't all, there's no, there's always a negative as well as a positive. So some people, you might be trying to talk to people to take part in a documentary, or you might be trying to encourage them to do a story. And they've got to look at you now and go, uh, is this phone call being recorded? Yeah. You know, am I right? Why not? Well, I talk to somebody else because you, you could be compromised. You, 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 you're, you, they could be listening to every single thing that you're doing. They're watching every email. Do I really want to uh, uh, get involved with you? Mm. And, uh, and, and that again is something that is now back at the forefront of our minds that people will be taking decisions about whether or not we have integrity, whether we're able to, um, uh, whether we are able to, to to deal with them properly and not be spied on. The other thing is we, as well as that, Trevor says, so that's us as individuals. Uh, but then we, 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 we have to, if we, we have to fight this case right through to the end to, to get it, to, to, you know, to, to make sure that the, to defend press freedom. Absolutely. Because we we are the only people who can actually, if we just say, right, we'll take your money, we'll take your pot of gold, and you know, we'll you know, we'll drift off, and yeah, all the secrets you can keep, all your secrets and your dirty, you know, your dirty secrets that the PSNI, uh, you know, all the spying and everything else. So we'll forget about that because we'll just take the pot of gold. Well, then, as society and journalists, they're just going to keep on doing it. They're going to keep on snooping and spying. On, on journalists, they're go, uh, and, and listen, we believe this is happening to lawyers. We believe it's happening to NGOs. That it's just uh, you know custom and practice. And if we don't drag them, and we every court case that we've had, we've had to drag them, you know, kicking and screaming, uh, and the, we've had to drag the PSNI and the authorities uh, to disclose a- anything. If we don't push this it's it's trevor and myself are the only people because our names are on the sheets we're, we're the only ones that, that can do it and to defend press freedom to defend the the abilities of journalists the whole society or the whole authority to account we have to we we there's we we have yeah. a responsibility absolutely uh, to, to to bring this to the end and that's what we're going to do if they Man. think that we'll just you know we'll just you know take the money and run they're in for a they're in for a, a, a very sad awakening because let we're me, we're we're taking this right to the end. Let me put a word on that, and let me put, and it's both of you, and it sums up both of you. Integrity, integrity. That's what the word. There are so many people who would take the money, and go. That's great. I won. Uh, I'm up to the south to front. I mean, I don't mean Tony. Yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, see, see, the, see this communist manifesto <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh he joined me again I'm t- no seriously it's integrity and what you're doing is integrity and it is unusual i, I don't want you to think that every journalist in the in the whole of northern ireland is like you or the whole island they're not they are not. They're not prepared to put their arses on some, the line. Some just and, get worn down by it, Martin. You know, but they're not prepared. Yeah. So I think what the two of you guys have done and what you're exposing, what you continue to expose, is making 
a huge difference for everybody, not just for journalism, as you said, solicitors, NGOs, everybody. And I'm quite sure that what goes on north of the border isn't a whole lot different to what goes on south of the border. So, you know, there are always, re- it is one island. We know this. <laughs> it is one <laughs> island. So these things have, look, Trevor Barry, integrity again. I mean, I, and I have to say, compared to the last time I saw you guys look so much fresher. Oh. You look so much less stressed. I know, I know, half a million in the back pocket makes yeah. me <laughs> <laughs> But you you look great, guys, and you look great, and you look really kind of bubbly and capable and able to. The last time I saw you, you were worried, and you were worried. And and now it's great to see you in such great form. It's great to see the two of you absolutely popping off at the best of your game and go after them. Go go do it. I love people who go do it. So go do it. Take them down. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Thanks, lads. I know appreciate you giving it the time again. And and we'll 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 have to we'll have to actually meet in person one more time if, at least, uh, whether it be yeah. in the in the diggers or back up your neck of the woods. I, I will I will, <laughs> or I will in separate cells with the pizza <laughs> inside. <laughs> I I will I will I will make one last comment. Um you you re- reference, you know, knowing the people behind the Lock, Lock and Island massacre. I think it's also interesting that when it comes to like you know another great man and Stephen Travers and the work he did to expose yes. the Miami Showband, that he him and himself and Netflix uh, have put it more out into the public domain than the PS and I ever did. You know, it's right. just it's just it's just something I want to I want to let people think about and understand that 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 that's also the responsibility of the Irish government who are co signatories of the Good Friday Agreement, and we have never lived up to that either. Thanks for thanks for joining us again, folks, and and everybody who's listening. Um, yeah, just just be very cognizant of um, the fact that, yeah, we're no different here when you've got a, a justice minister signing off on something that we know the European Court of Justice has already said shouldn't be doing. Uh, looks, we'll talk to you all very, very soon, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony, speaking to interesting people only. It's the Echo Chamber Podcast. Subscribe now on Patreon.